Great. You've booked a destination. You're going on vacation. The next thing that's really important is figuring out where you're going to stay. I kind of did a podcast a couple weeks ago on hotels, hostels, and homestays, but today I'm here with my friend Allison, and we're going to break down some of the top travel websites, where to book, which ones have which perks, and so on. So stick around for that. Kayla on the Road, the podcast is all about sharing stories about life on the road and at home as a digital nomad. Through stories, tips, and interviews, I want to inspire you to create your own travel memories by taking the overwhelm out of planning. Join me every week for a beer and a laugh as I recount some of my favorite favorite travel stories, even the not-so-perfect ones, all while chatting logistics about planning your next or first trip abroad. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Kayla on the Road, the podcast. If you're new here, welcome. I'm so excited that you're joining me today. I have one of my good friends from the Nomad Cruise on the show with me today, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear all of the wisdom that she has and all of the funny stories that she has as well. I recorded this with Allison last week, and unfortunately, I didn't get her to crack a beer with me, and that is my number one regret. So I'm going to crack a beer right now, even though it's a little after the fact. I totally invite you to do the same. So I actually just got back from a camping trip this weekend, and I hit up one of the local breweries, and I brought a couple beer back to try with you on the show. So today I'm drinking Sputnik. It's an IPA from Les Brasseurs du Petit So Brewery in Edmonston, New Brunswick. So let's give that a try. Unfortunately, they do not have any cans. So today's in a bottle and there's not that satisfying click when you open it, but I'm really excited to try it. Oh, I love that. It's... um. It's really bright. Like it's a really bright IPA. Um, kind of bitter, which I really like. It's not sweet at all. And you can kind of taste a couple fruits in there, but it, it's mostly just bright is the only way that I really want to describe this. Um, they like to describe it as out of this orbit. So let's do that. I don't know if I have any listeners out there who use this app, but one of my favorite things to do to track all the beers that I try, especially on the show, but also just in life is the untapped app. So if you are using the untapped app and you want to give me a follow, you can find me at K-O-S-S-A-C-H-U-K. That's my username, Kosachuk. And I would be so happy to see what you're drinking too, because it just gives me some great inspiration for when I travel next. Anyways, um, I hope that you are joining me with a little bit of a beverage here. And let's just dive straight into that interview with Allison, because I think this one is going to be a little bit of a longer episode. Hey, so I have my friend Allison Spieler with me today on my podcast, and I'm so excited to have her here. I met Allison on the Nomad Cruise when she was cruising with her husband, Aaron, and now they're exploring the United States, but they have actually been nomads for about a year and a half now and have done everything from Airbnb to hip camp, and I am so excited to have her here today to talk to me about some of the different travel options. Um, So thank you for being here today, Allison. Oh, thanks for having me, Kayla. I love talking to you. And it was so nice to meet you on the Nomad Cruise. And um, it's just, I don't know. I'm really excited to see you. I feel like it's been forever. I mean, Brazil was like, what, 
six months ago. Yeah, that's um, it's kind of hard to believe that, especially with the current state of everything. Um, like I know I've been in my house for that long, but it doesn't feel like that. I feel the same way. I didn't know other people felt that same way too. So it's like, I, I feel like it's kind of been going by fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we both started some creative endeavors during the pandemic. So that kind of helps move things along. As you know, I started my podcast. Allison started a vlog where she documents her life as a digital nomad. So yeah. I just want to start out by asking you a little bit about your history. Obviously, I know it, but I think that you have a really cool situation and story, and I really want my audience to hear it. So how did you become a digital nomad? Okay. Well, okay, this goes back like five years, probably. Um, It was when I was in the U.S. military. I was in the Navy, and I met my husband, Aaron, in the Navy. And there was this one... uh, night I guess that we were both talking and we both knew that we didn't want to stay in the military we were just like but what do we want to do we're not ready to have children yet uh we have this like this sense of wanting to explore still but we didn't know and then uh literally like the next week I think Facebook listens to me it's crazy and I something popped up about like like uh traveling travel blogging all of this cool stuff and I was like what this is actually a thing and uh brought it up to Aaron and we had this conversation and we both were like nervous that the other person didn't want to like travel and I was like well no like we both want to travel this is stupid like why <laughs> like we both feel like the other person didn't want to travel so uh once we had that conversation we were just like okay well what can we do and then uh, he went on deployment and I was still, we were actually living in Hawaii at the time. That's where we were stationed. And um, I just started doing a bunch of research about travel blogging. And I found this couple called World Nate and Intrepid Introvert. And they, uh, I like fell in love with them. I came like their biggest fan. Like, you know, you get that little uh, the, that <laughs> the sticker on Facebook said top fan. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even ashamed. I'm not even ashamed. <laughs> because <laughs> they were awesome and it started with Nate and Hannah of me like uh seeing how they were traveling and everything and I I wanted to do it and I was like but we don't have anything in savings we are in debt with our car not credit card debt or anything we just had a car uh loan and then I was just like I'm determined I'm gonna pay this thing off I'm, we're gonna have uh if we travel for a year or and a half or two straight what is our budget that we would need to last with savings? So I literally did not go out I while he was on deployment and he was making more money on deployment. So we kept everything and I never went out, never spent any money. I wore the same clothes I actually had in high school, like three years later. And uh, I paid off the car um, and I just started saving up. We saved up enough to last us two years without making any money. And I was like, we could do this. Like, this is actually legit. And if we stick to our budget after that, we ended up getting out of the military. I did. Um, And then he still had a year and a half left and we moved to Oklahoma and it was awful for him. He hated it. (laughs) And he was just, cause he knew that like we were selling everything we own to travel, be digital nomads, not have a home. And he was like, now with like the time being in the military is like, it's being really slow coming to an end. And, uh, then he got out and we started traveling 
and it was scary, absolutely scary. We had no place to go, but we were booking places, learning how to make plans on the fly, and it started from there. I I don't know. It just kept going. It's all about all the people that we've met has really made how our travels have gone and all the different circumstances we've run into. And it's just, we've grown as people because of that. So where did you go first when you finally decided that you had saved up enough and you could start traveling? Where did you go? Uh, we started just traveling through the, uh, the United States because, uh, we had to be back into Oklahoma for a uh, medical reasons for the military. And so we were just like, okay, well, let's do Route 66. Like that's the iconic thing to do in the United States, I feel like. So we did that. And then uh, once all the VA stuff was taken care of, um, which is Veterans Affairs, it's for the military. And uh, we were just like, okay, well, the church that we were going to at the time was doing a missions trip in Guatemala. And we were like, okay we could go. And then, well, we don't have to go just for a week, like how all they are. Let's go there for like a month or so. And so we got a hold of that family and we lived with that family for um, about a month and just helped them out in their village and stuff like that. And then after Guatemala, we went back to the States and we did more road tripping throughout the States. Uh, We went to um, our very first travel convention, Travel Con where I don't know if you know Nomadic Matt. He's like a how to travel the world in, with $50 a day or something like that. Yes. Yeah. I, that's a book I actually really want to read. That actually inspired me on how to, of, oh. of our budget. Because we're two people, $50 a day times two, we made our budget $100 a day. So yeah. uh, I use a lot of his tips and tricks on how to save money traveling. Um, But we went to his convention and we met a lot of cool people and it was about people who were just traveling and travel blogging and uh, which uh, at this time, that whole first year, we were travel blogging. That's what we were trying to do because Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I, I, whenever I was learning about how to make a living while traveling, that's, that's what everyone was saying. Like, oh, do travel blogging. You can make a lot of money doing it. And Honestly, I think you can. You can mm-hmm. if you actually truly enjoy it. And we just didn't enjoy it. So we yeah. didn't put as much effort into it as I feel like you need to for travel blogging. So mm-hmm. um, that convention was awesome, but we actually didn't get much out of it. I guess we got out of out of it that we don't want to do travel blogging anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we did get something out of it. Yeah. You're a visual person like me. We had this conversation on the Nomad Cruise. We're both video people. We've both been doing it all our lives. It's funny to go back and like trace what we did when we were younger and realize like, oh yeah, this actually connects to what we're doing now. And so it makes sense that you wanted to represent yourself in a vlog instead of a blog. It's so hard as well to have your own personality when you're writing sometimes. Like it's hard to get through your quirks and things like that. Yes, it is. I I enjoy talking on the phone or over video so much better than texting or an email because I feel like uh, translation gets lost in just text. You don't, you can't read their facial expressions. You don't know if they're annoyed or not. I, I totally get that though. Like why like how did it take me this long to understand that video is what I love. Like it, I started back in junior high making a stupid eighth grade memory video for my school. And then 
I did a lot of video throughout high school and then I even worked on our television show in high school and made a senior memory video. Like I did that all for fun, no gain at all. And now it's like, duh, like that's what you enjoy. Why? <laughs> yeah. Like, why did you stop? <laughs> yeah, why did you stop? So yeah, I am really enjoying vlogging and uh, just editing videos in general. Yeah. That's awesome. So I kind of mentioned in the intro that you've done everything from Airbnb to hip camp. You've used a lot of different travel services online to book accommodations and things like that. And so I kind of wanted to talk about some of those options with you for people who are maybe um, like, I don't know, Airbnb is not my thing. Like maybe there's something else that we can discuss today that might be more of their thing. So you used Airbnb and booking, and I've used both of those as well. Um, what do you think of the process of using booking? Um, booking is, I, I've usually had good experiences with booking. Um, and I, I like the rating system. It's kind of like, I like the way that like they have to review things so that the rating, it kind of helps to know if like, that's a good place or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have had some sketchy places on booking that I did not think should be on booking and uh for an example there was one in Iceland that uh we ended up booking a place on booking.com and it looked legit everything was fine and then we get to the place and it's definitely this old man's home that he just rents out his uh guest room uh oh. to people and uh we walk in and he's in his long johns drinking a beer <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? He's, I, he has like this Icelandic accent and he's like, uh, are you, is this the booking? Like, uh, we just booked <laughs> this on booking.com. And he was just like, Oh yeah, here, let me show you to your room and all of this. And we're just like, okay, this is really weird. And there's like shotgun on shotgun shells on the, uh, on the kitchen uh, table, beer cans everywhere. He's in his long johns. Oh yes. <laughs> that's already weird. And then he opens the door to the room and the door hits the uh, bed. So it can't even open all of the way. Like it's not, it looks like a closet <laughs> almost, like a big closet. <laughs> and all it had is a bed in there. And it's definitely the pictures, but the pictures seemed like they were taken six years ago, not like how it was now. And then uh, Iceland's expensive. So we, were, we got ramen for dinner. And uh, we went to go cook in his kitchen on the on booking. It said that, oh, you have your own kitchen, a TV, a bathroom, everything. No, it was his own kitchen, his own TV that he's sitting in front of <laughs> cracking up a oh. cold one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you stayed. We did. It was only one night. If we moved someplace else, it'd be like $200 a night. And that's not in our budget. And uh, as we were cooking our ramen, a bird flew into the kitchen from outside. And it's like, uh, the, the, he had two cats too. And they're just starting to chase it throughout the kitchen. And we're just like, what do we do? Like, this is, I, 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 we're like dumbfounded. Like, is this actually happening right now? And uh, we, <laughs> so we went and told him, we we're just like, uh, there's a bird in the kitchen. He was like, what? Really? And he goes in and just grabs it with his bare hands and then just like throws it outside. And we're just like, all right, it's taken care of. It's taken care of. <laughs> so we, we go to bed at like 8 p.m. And we just like not leaving the room. Like we felt so awkward. And two hours later, we hear a knock on like the house door. And there's more people coming to his house to stay from booking.com. 
I did not know it, but there's another room right across like the, like his house that like that they booked. And I'm like, there's enough room for more people in here. And uh, so it was just crazy. And those people, uh, we didn't even talk to them. We were already weirded out. And usually we're very talk. We talk to people, but it was just a crazy experience. And that was just one bad experience with booking, but it was memorable. So maybe it's not so bad. We use booking.com a lot, actually. And we do the reviews and stuff like that. And we have some great discounts and stuff. But I have had a couple of things on booking.com that I was like, "Eh, okay, maybe not the greatest. Like people who listen to the podcast know that when we showed up in Vietnam, we got dropped off at our hostel and it uh, no longer existed. And it wasn't like it had just shut down. It was like it would shut down for like several months. And we had no idea. Booking didn't tell us. Yeah. Moral of the story there is for both of our cases is always double check with where you're staying, communicate with them, send an email to the person that you're staying with or the host or the hotel or the hostel or anything like that, because it's really good to know things like it doesn't exist or this is a man's house, not an actual hotel. <laughs> yeah, I I honestly, I haven't had that many problems with Airbnb. Airbnb has been yeah. pretty like straightforward. You know what you're going to get. I like Airbnb a lot. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, booking, you kind of, you don't know, but it's still trusty. Like I always look at booking whenever I'm going a place because yeah, it still can be an amazing place. Yeah, I do that as well. And I find that you can actually find some really good deals. Like we lucked out when we went to Vietnam, we went to um, Halong Bay. We wanted to do like a boat trip. And the prices, if you looked on the actual websites for these cruise ships were like way out of our budget. And I managed to find the exact same cruise on the same boat on booking.com for like half the price. And yeah, it was crazy. Same things goes for all inclusives and things like that. I found a couple of great deals on those. Um, And it's really just like filling up those empty slots that they need to get rid of. Yep. There are some gems for sure. Yeah, there are. You kind of just have to be constantly looking. And mm-hmm. it can get tiring, but uh, um, I guess my advice is don't book the second you see one, but yeah. unless it's like an absolute gym and you're just like, I don't think I can get any better, but mm-hmm. you kind of have to just like, uh, be like, okay, I like this place, but um, let me look at another website. Like, let me yeah. see what else there is and then uh, go from there, especially if you want to find the cheapest one. Yeah, for sure. So you guys have been using Airbnb a lot recently. Um, what are some positives from your Airbnb experiences? Usually you get to like meet the host, which I, I do. I like that. Like you get to kind of, um, see what it's like in their area. They'll talk to you. They're super like, honestly, a lot of them are travelers and they have traveled around and used Airbnb and they loved it. So they wanted their own. And so you get to like talk to them and meet people like that. I really enjoy that. Um, let me think like one of my best Airbnbs, I think it would have to be in Greece. It was like, it felt like we were, it felt like a hotel. You had like your own little condo area and you had a, uh, you were looking at the beach and everything, but you had like maids come by and clean your house, like clean the condo every day. And there was a, like a, like a cafe and everything attached to it. And it was just, that was in Zakynthos, Greece. And it was, I don't know. And it really was only like $40 a night, super cheap. And um, we had all this stuff for us. Like you can find some real gems on Airbnb. 
And I, I like using Airbnb for longer stays because, um, if you do a month, usually there's like a 50% discount. Yeah, for sure. I, um, you know, you were talking earlier about how you were traveling on $50 a day for the budget. When you're a couple, you get to like bump that up. It gets doubled and it's like a hundred dollars a day. And I think that's the best thing when you're traveling as a couple. I think that you get better accommodations because our budget is a little bit higher. You're sharing the price for a room. Two people in a hostel, you know, $30 a night in some places, but like bump it up to $70 and it's still under budget and you can still get a really great Airbnb for the night. I think yep. that's great. And or, you get privacy. Like as a couple, yeah. you you want the privacy. We've done a mixed dorm before in a hostel and we'll only do it if it's for a couple of days, but anything yeah. longer, we need like our own spot. <laughs> totally. But I, I love hostels. And whenever we do get, stay at a hostel, we always get the private room. And oh yeah, if it's, if it's like the same price or just a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yeah, we do the same. We try to mix it up when we travel. You know, if we're flying into a new place, obviously we want our own private room the first night to get our bearings and stuff. But after that, we kind of mix it up, mix between, you know, save some money here and there. It's um, it's fun to try and see how far your budget can go. If you stay at a hostel for a couple nights, what are the nice places that you can go with that extra budget that you've just gained? Okay. So some of the other apps that you've been using, I know that you've been doing some camping recently. I've been following that. You did that through Hip Camp. So tell me a bit about Hip Camp. Yeah. So Aaron actually found it last month because um, we were looking at doing camping um, in the Glacier National Park area and everything's super expensive right there. So we're just like, okay, why, like, why is camping so expensive? <laughs> and, uh, that was like stuff that was in the park and just right outside of it. So of course it is going to be more expensive. Um, so he was just like, he Googled camping near Glacier National Park. And then a website came up that looked a lot like Airbnb. And he was just like, wait, okay, I want to stay this night and this night in this area. And then all of a sudden a bunch of, uh, like a bunch of results came up for camping. And what hip camp is, is basically I would say Airbnb for camping. Like, you get to put your tent up or your RV into someone's backyard. And a lot of the times it's like they'll have a porta potty there for you or a little portable shower, or um, there's a lot of primitive camping on there too. So if you are just staying for a couple nights and you just are wanting to be in an area, but yeah, I feel like that's how I can describe it is Airbnb for camping because the search engine's the exact same. You can even search for Wi-Fi and we always search Wi-Fi, toilet, and showers because those are kind of like <laughs> the <laughs> basics that we want. And then, uh, yeah, you can find we, – we just stayed at a place in northern Montana for $10 a night per person. And it was right on the wow. river, and you had a shower, a bathroom, a Wi-Fi, an outdoor kitchen. And we met like 12 people that whole week. And now we're like Facebook friends, and we talk and everything. So, like, that – it's just – it's like a, okay, let me say it's like a hostile world mixed with Airbnb. It's, it's really unique. It, I yeah. like it. You say hostile world, and I know that you have a little bit of experience with that one. That's one that I've actually never used either. Can you tell me a bit about hostile world? Um, I've used it, honestly, probably only three times, and I don't use it in the States. It's not, there's not many hostile. Oh, I actually did. I used it once in the States in uh, New Mexico 
And it was this cool little hostel up in the mountains. And it was a great experience. It felt like we were in Europe because of like, there's not hostels like this in the United States. So Mm -hmm. um, no, I've only used hostel world really in Europe and uh, haven't been to Asia yet. We're supposed to be there right now, but sore subject. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so whenever we were, we went to Croatia, we used hostel world and I don't know, I love hostels and I haven't had any bad experience with hostel world. Um, I don't, is there other play, other like uh, websites or apps for hostels? I don't know. Um, like I find most of my hostels on booking for the most part. I mean, there's like sites specifically dedicated to certain chains of hostels like um, AI no. Um, H-I? Hostel International, yeah. Yeah, we used one of those in Iceland, actually. We stayed in two in Iceland, and uh, they were really nice. I was actually really impressed with those. Yeah, hostels are nice, um, but we kind of go like to go back and forth. Because, um, you know, like, you get kind of burnt out meeting people a lot, and, mm-hmm. like, uh, sometimes you just need, like, right now this month in Salt Lake City, we just met so many people, loved it, but now we just kind of need, like, to like slow down and kind of like regroup. And then I bet you give it a few days and we'll be like, okay, let's go out and meet people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Cool. And I know that you recently did like a month or a month and a half in Hawaii. You went back to your old stomping grounds and you did that through, through trusted house sitters, right? Yes. Trusted house sitters. Uh, we were there for, uh, yeah, a month and a half and, uh, it's, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of trusted house sitters. Actually, a lot of people I talk to, they've never heard of it. And they're always just like, wow, what is this? This is awesome. And part of me kind of doesn't want to say anything <laughs> because then <laughs> they'll take all of the good house sits. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, house sitting is, it's really cool. You usually end up watching a dog or a cat or any various, of, uh, various pets that they have. And that's something that you can filter search. So if you're allergic to cats, don't select cats, obviously. And uh, you can search the generic area you want to go to. And what's cool is it's not just in the United States. It's all over the world, a lot in Europe and a lot in Asia. So um, we have yet to do one outside of the United States because that does make me a little nervous because uh, I'm already never owned a home in the States and I'm learning how to water plants and how to like... <laughs> Uh, take care of a pool, which is what we did in Hawaii. And I've never done that before. So um, trying to learn that in a different country, whenever I don't really know, like how things are done there, I'd have to do a lot of research if I was to go to another country, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. We like- is awesome. I We've gotten some really unique places and met some amazing people. Yeah. Uh, lifelong friends. Those pictures from Hawaii looked absolutely gorgeous. I was so jealous. I um I knew about ho- trusted house sitters because my cousin had actually recommended it to me a couple years ago. I had visited her when she was in vet school in St. Kitts and Nevis down in the Caribbean and um they were a lot of American students who were going to the school there who wanted to go home for Christmas but couldn't take their pets because of because of the import and export with their animals they couldn't bring them home. So we went to visit her. And we went to visit her during our little break and we stayed at one of her friend's places and watched her pets. And after we left, she was like, oh, if you liked that, here's this site. 
Um, so we signed up for it, which was great. We signed up for about a year, but we never actually managed to get a house sit in. But was it worth the sign up fee? Like I know it's a hundred and something, hundred and fifty. Yeah, I think it's like a hundred and ten dollars. Uh, we have a coupon code to give out people who want to try it. It's like twenty dollars off, I think, for the year. Twenty five dollars off. Um, I can give you that link. Yeah, I'll um, I'll put that in the show notes for our listeners. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Like we, so the very first place we stayed at was in North Carolina, and we were there for two weeks, and we met this amazing family, the sweetest. 13 year old girl ever. And, uh, they, they live in this really nice house with like a boat on a lake and they were just wanting to go for a two week vacation last summer. And, uh, that was just an amazing experience in itself. And think about if you spent two weeks in that type of place, how much would that cost you? It would have been like you either paid a hundred dollars for the year or you pay, that would have been like $800 for two weeks, probably actually probably more than that at that nice of a place then especially the one in Hawaii a month and a half in Hawaii like it's it's expensive there it really is we lived there for three years so it's thankfully we never had to like really pay for much because the military covered a lot but um being there for that month and a half we were like wow I forgot how expensive it was here just like the food and the uh everything just the gas prices are crazy I do think it's worth it because especially getting to those kind of places, it you're not going to find a cheaper alternative. Yeah. Were there any hidden fees associated with it? Like other than your subscription that you pay at the beginning, is that all you pay? Uh, yeah, that's all I paid. I paid at the, I think I paid around a hundred dollars cause I had a coupon code from someone else. So it was yeah. around a hundred and um, I've actually haven't it's been over a year and I've yet to pay anything because I've been referring people and uh (laughs) every time that someone signs up and pays that hundred dollar fee I'll get twenty dollars which means two free months so every like month or so I'll see someone signed up with my code and I'll be like hey that pushed out two months hey another two months out (laughs) amazing I think we have to pay the hundred dollars again by February if no one else signs up. So, wow, that's awesome. So it's, you could actually end up kind of doing it for free if you're able to, if you have the right platform to get out your coupon code. Yeah, that's awesome. And like you said, it's not just something that you can do away. You can do it here too. I remember searching for um, Canada. We were thinking of doing something in like BC where you can go and house it and there's like a pool and a dog. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. So I think that's something that Andrew and I might consider doing again, especially if borders don't open up and COVID kind of stays within like, you know, you can only travel within Canada. I think that's a great opportunity for that. It really is. And like, we even saw some in Canada I wanted to go do house sits for. Yeah, there's some, there's, it's all over the place. Like it's, it's getting bigger and bigger. So yeah, that's pretty cool. So that kind of covers some of the places that you've used online to stay and book. What's next on your list? I know right now things are tough with COVID, but you don't own a house. You have your car with a Thule on top, which is like a, uh, like a topper. You can put stuff in. We put all our camping gear up there. Nice. Okay, so what do you see yourself doing for the next couple months until borders start to kind of open slowly? Um, Well, honestly, I think we'll keep slow traveling, kind of find a place for a month because it is cheaper to do a month than just a week here and there. Um, Or 
there is people from the Nomad Cruise talking about going down to Mexico, which Americans can right now, I believe. Um, but we're still kind of eyeing that to see if it's worth it, worth the headache of getting down there and uh, all of that. Uh, so honestly, it always ends up happening. We never know what we want to do <laughs> until like a week before it happens. So we, we yeah. kind of procrastinate our plans because we have FOMO, I feel like, and we don't, <laughs> we don't want to miss out because we booked a place. You know what I mean? What if we meet someone super awesome here and they're just like, Oh, you need to stay one more week, you know? And then, (laughs) yeah. Um, you say that. And I just think back to the nomad cruise because I had that FOMO. I had already booked my place that I was going to stay in, in Rio. And you guys were like, no, come to Porto de Galinos with us. Yeah. I, it was honestly one of my favorite trips. Um, (laughs) For anyone who has listened, that was like my first solo trip. And so it was really great to meet. A, I just love the little group of folks that we, yeah, you know, you guys were just awesome. As you can see, we've kept in touch. I know. And that's what I, that's what I loved about the Nomad Cruise is the people I've met on there. We all still keep in touch. Like it's mm-hmm. even if it, we might go a couple weeks without saying something, but then it's like, oh, hey, like it's, I think it's really cool. It's a really cool community. and. Yeah, it's super supportive. Everyone else is kind of in the same boat as you are where you're all kind of trying to travel and survive in this world and see as much as you can. And so people with similar goals try to push you into the right directions and into the right areas so that you can see that thing. You, you usually end up finding a mentor and then you end up mentoring someone, it feels like. Yeah, so like you have some, like there's tiers of people and then... So it it was cool. Okay. I'm going to go with a general travel question here. How many countries have you been to now? 16. 16. And what is your favorite country or what is your favorite city in a specific country? Can I turn this question in like super complicated answer? <laughs> yes. So I have like a country, I have like, like countries that like, that is, uh, one is I like for certain reasons and the other I like for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I would say the most beautiful country that I've ever been to and I enjoyed by from, from its beauty is Iceland. Um, the country that I've enjoyed most with the people and just the uh, scenery and everything about it. Like, so Greece is probably number one. It would be Greece. And then Iceland is because of beauty. And then um, uh, what was the other one? Oh, Scotland. Scotland is just like, it was so unique and uh, just beautiful. Of course, I, I have a thing for like beautiful countries. If it's an ugly country, I don't have as great a time there, which <laughs> I feel like is kind of messed up. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say, okay, I guess I just answered your question. I would say Greece. <laughs> I was in Greece when I was in high school, but I don't remember it all that much. But it's definitely on my list. Andrew's never gone, so. It might be one that comes up soon. Who knows? It's it's unreal. Like it's I've never met like they're the nicest people. They love yeah. like English speaking people. Like that they just they speak really good English there. And uh, right whenever we got into the airport, we had a guy that who gave us our rental car. He saw that we had a veteran on our uh, driver's license, and he was like, "You guys are in the military. Thank you for your service." And we're just like, "Wait, we're in Greece. Why is he thanking us for a ser- for our service?" <laughs> And we're just like, and we were like, we were in the U.S. military. And he's like, yeah, thank you so much. You guys have done a lot for our country. And I'm just like, that 
okay. And apparently Greece is like a, I guess that they really like Americans. Um, I don't know. I didn't know that. And uh, so it was just really cool to see a lot of times you kind of get as an American, you kind of get like a persona, I guess, like a preconceived mm-hmm. idea of who you are. So it was yeah. kind of nice for someone to be like, oh, like, thank you. And like being really nice to you. And we just got that the whole time in Greece, just people being super nice to us. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The blue waters, super beautiful. Yeah. And um, affordable, very affordable, actually. Hmm. Okay. Cool. I got to add that to my list for sure. You were saying that you kind of get a persona when you travel as an American. I find that sometimes when I travel, people mistake me for an American. Does anyone ever mistake you as being Canadian? I think I've got it once, but not really mistaken. It'd be like a, are you from Canada or the United States? They oh, they okay. feel like, they'll be like, you're not from here. You're either from Canada or the US. So which one? <laughs> but no, no one's ever been like, oh, you're Canadian. No. <laughs> so it's just me. Hmm. I don't know. It's like, I don't know if it's, um, I feel like there are tons and tons of Canadian travelers out there, but we more often get mistaken for American than the other way around. Is it the accent thing? I don't know. To be honest, it's probably because like America is more in the media in other countries than Canada is. So they hear someone remotely, they're like, you're not from like England. (laughs) You don't have that English accent. Um, So it's more similar to the US. They're probably like, oh, it must be. Because that's what they hear all the time. Awesome. So I feel like I know a lot more now about some of these websites that I've never used. So that's great. And I hope that that helps some of my listeners as well. Um, Before we wrap up, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me. I love catching up with you and I just love talking to you. So yeah. (laughs) For any of my listeners who might be interested in seeing more from you, where can they find you? Oh, yeah, of course. Um... I have a YouTube, a Facebook page, and an Instagram page, and it's all just my name. So you can find me, Allison Spieler, and um, I am on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I put out vlogs weekly every Tuesday, usually. I missed last Tuesday, but it's coming out today, so which is Wednesday. <laughs> um, and uh, But yeah, and then I post on Instagram. I love photography. I love video. So um, I'm always posting to my stories and I like to keep everyone updated on what I'm doing just cause I don't know. I, it, I feel like it makes people happy sometimes. Um, and yeah, that's really all I'm, I'm pretty, I try to keep it real. So <laughs> yeah, I love that about you. I feel like whenever I watch any of your stories, I feel like you are so honest and open about the experiences that you're having. And I really appreciate that. I think it's really important, especially for someone who is seeing the world, who is giving their opinion to other people. I think it's, yeah, no, <laughs> I just appreciate that. And I admire that. And yeah, thank you. <laughs> so for anyone listening, a link of Allison's stuff in the show notes, if you want to check that out. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for all of you listening at home. I hope that this helps with your traveling and your planning and all that kind of stuff. And I hope to see you on the road soon. Bye.